0: Hello and welcome to the New North podcast, where we investigate the unique sounds and perspectives of exploratory musicians. My name is Joe O'Connor and I'm a member of New North's artistic committee, along with Andy Butler and Callum Gaffray. New North is a platform for musicians who push boundaries in their areas of practice. This podcast is a companion to our concert series, which celebrates the amazing work of musicians and sound artists, both established and emerging, we make and present work on the lands of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation. Head to newnorthmusic.online for information about upcoming events, links to recordings from previous concerts, and information about our Emerging Artists Commission. You can like New North on Facebook and follow new__north__music on Instagram for regular updates about activities, including our upcoming concert, Foreign Intimate which is at Brunswick Mechanics Institute on Wednesday, April 27th, at 7.30 p.m. The sounds you've just been listening to were made by Maria Moles, a drummer and composer who's been such an active contributor to Melbourne's musical landscape in recent years. Maria performed a set of music for solo drums, synthesizer, cymbals and gongs at New North's Resonant Threads at Brunswick Mechanics Institute, which happened recently on the 10th of March. We caught up via Zoom to talk about her performance and the various ideas that have been informing her work. Hi, Maria. Thanks for joining me to talk about your recent performance at New North's Resonant Threads concert. I've just been listening back to your performance and it was a really satisfying world to revisit, um, combining solo drums, synthesizer, and uh, also a table setup that you constructed with various small gongs and cymbals. Um, yeah, really beautiful performance. and we'll get into the specifics of um, you know how you put that together and in your um, influences and all of that sort of stuff. But before we get there, um, I'd love to hear a bit about your early music experiences, you know what what got you into playing and performing?
1: So I um, first started playing piano actually from a young age. Um, I started getting lessons from the age of six um and it wasn't until high school um in grade nine that i wanted to learn a different instrument um and i really wanted to learn percussion but uh, they didn't have that on offer at the school that i was going to um but one of my friends was learning the drum kit um and suggested that i should should try it out and i still remember her and um, I think it was a teacher aide that was there as well. And they were both just like, I played, you know, like a quarter note rock beat. And they were just, mm. you know, they were like, oh, you're a natural. And so that was it. I remember oh, going amazing. home and asking my mum and dad, and they were not really enthused by the, <laughs> by the idea of <laughs> it. But, but, um, yeah, they ended up buying me a drum kit. And then, you know, I, I started enjoying drums more than piano. So it just took mm. over and, um, I just played in the typical bands you play in when you're in high school, like playing rock rock band, um, yeah, rock sure. covers of Nirvana and that kind of thing. Um, and then later on after finishing high school, um, started playing in more indie pop bands and then listening more to, uh, I guess, You know jazz and 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 music that's more improvised and uh it wasn't until moving to melbourne um in 2011 and studying at the vca that i started really getting more into yeah playing music that's uh freely improvised and and really Mm. getting into into those kind of sounds and and you know letting the the drums really sing and you know i remember one one class where i just played a ride cymbal um just mallets on the ride cymbal and i think that was a moment where i was mm. like wow that's really satisfying like just listening to a a ride cymbal for 15 minutes um and li- mm. and leaving that space for the the different timbres within the drum kit to to really resonate
0: yeah Yeah, very cool. I I actually only realised recently that you weren't from Melbourne originally. Yeah, right. Um, Yeah, originally from Launceston. Mm. Yeah. Well, we would have moved at similar times then. I think I moved 2012, so only a little after.
1: Oh, right. But from Brisbane. Yeah. From Brisbane, yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I definitely feel like Melbourne's
1: home now. I don't know if you feel... Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, 10 years is wild. Yeah, it's true. (laughs) I suppose 11 years Mm. for you. Yeah. Um, I was thinking about that recently because, you know, only having visited Brisbane a couple of times during COVID, um, you know, Melbourne's definitely home, but I miss Brisbane.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I do feel the same. I'm not sure if I could ever live in Launceston again. Um, Mm. But I you know, I try and, and visit there a few times a year.
0: Mm. Yeah. Brisbane's a great place to visit. As yeah. Well. <laughs> yeah. Maybe, maybe a better place to, to visit than live as a musician. You know, there's just so much stuff going yeah, on. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so you've already mentioned, you know, moving between those different worlds of, um, you know, um, pop and jazz and experimental music or free improvisation. And, um, you know, I think a lot of people, as they develop, they tend to sort of find a path and really kind of, you know, go for that, that direction, maybe at the exclusion of other things. And, um, you know, and I think it's, it's um, really interesting seeing how your career's developed, where you, you're still kind of doing all of these different streams in really interesting ways.
1: Yeah. Um, is that I, well, I... I think that's another great thing about Melbourne is that, I uh, I feel like there there are so many different um pockets I guess that that we can explore and they're all like you know pretty they're all quite thriving in their own way um mm-hmm. and yeah I feel like there are a lot of musicians that that do that in Melbourne that you don't really get put into a box where you know mm-hmm. it's like oh okay you do that thing now you that's what you do Um, and, and I feel like they're all just different kinds of fun really. And they, Mm. you know, they all spark something in different ways when playing.
0: Mm. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I've sometimes felt a bit of a sense that, um, if you're, perceived as a jazz musician and maybe this has been more of an issue for me because I I was really working pretty exclusively in that world for you know a number of years Mm. um I felt a bit of a perception that if you're a jazz musician you're not certain other things you know that maybe your work isn't more conceptual or um um or compositional um to some extent um yeah, so interesting to hear that you've almost had the opposite experience mm. you know, to that. Well, but that it, then again, you know, th- that sort of perception might just be, you know, me. <laughs> it might all be in my head.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah, for sure. Because some sometimes you, I do wonder about those things, and yeah, maybe it, it it can be in your head, or yeah, the way that we kind of perceive things as artists, because yeah, we can tend to overthink about these kind of things but that's why new yeah, that's why sure. new north is so special because it. R- i feel like it really um branches out of, of that you know it it seems like it's focused on jazz and experimental but it's also very inclusive to all kinds of different genres
0: yeah well i suppose you know with um only really just been getting established i suppose so we're still sort of working out our approach to um you know to curation and programming and um and to start with a lot of what we've programmed has been from within our own network i suppose or, or artists that um that we know and have relationships with but um but certainly our aim is to be like not a genre specific um, programmer but but to I suppose choose artists based more on an ethos of of exploring and experimenting and you know um finding the edges of, of where an area of practice is and trying to push them a little bit further um and yeah our, our hope is that it'll become more and more diverse actually um that's great as um, as we learn about more people making interesting mm. music you know here and elsewhere so um I'm glad that's coming across already yeah definitely you know. yeah um, so I'm curious how you describe your current artistic practice. Cause you know, it is, it is diverse, but is there, um, yeah, is there something that you would describe as kind of like the core of, of what your work is at the moment?
1: Hmm. I guess it, I guess it changes, uh, depending on what I am doing, you know, whether I'm, um, Playing someone else's music, or improvising with other people, or playing solo. Um, but I guess uh, mainly in my solo solo pieces and performing, and maybe maybe also in other contexts, um, I feel like I I try and leave space. Um, I, d- I tend to, to try and be quite restrained, but, um, and when composing, I, I tend to try and be intuitive and, 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 you know, follow, trust my intuition and follow my ears rather than mm. maybe being too analytical about it and and that that's just kind of what feels natural for me at the mm. moment um and i guess the music that i like listening to as well i i tend to be drawn to music that m- might might seem like it, it has that same intuitive process that um you know you can just let it wash over you and it has some beauty to it and feels like it really can connect mm. to the to the listener um not that I'm against you know analyzing works either or or composing from that way but that just has felt natural um within the last couple of years mm. um and then I think that sort of restraint can uh can help amplify uh, um the effect of you know when it might start to get busier or um you know it, m- it might lift in dynamics because I, I think when you're playing drums you can really work with that energy of of dynamic shifts and mm. um i think i also like to you know sh- demonstrate a more i guess feminine feminine approach of of playing the drums and and showing that you can play it and and yeah have that more restraint way of playing that that leaves space for the drums to resonate and you know on a kit that i mm. guess is mainly like typically seen as a masculine instrument and, and showing showing how it can be performed and uh, approached in in that that kind of way
0: hmm. it's it's so funny that particular instruments have those associations isn't it you know like they're just tools in the yeah. end to, you know to express something yep, exactly um yeah oh there's there's um there's so much baggage that still has to be undone i think totally. um yeah yeah and I, I sometimes wonder you know um as a teacher like what what role we have in in trying to like unpick those things a little bit as well you know mm. um I suppose I haven't seen that much of it at um um at the schools I I teach which seem to be pretty like you know inclusive of all you know anyone doing everything Yeah definitely um, it, it, it yeah. seems that
1: way at the the primary school that I teach at now so I th- I think mm. um I think it's really changing which is mm. which is amazing but yeah there's still so much progress that can be that can be made
0: hmm. mm. for sure um so i'd like to hear in your words how you describe um your performance a little bit more specifically that you presented a couple of weeks ago
1: yeah um so the part of the performance is um uh, when i'm playing the kit specifically is um uh a, a, a version um or an adaptation of uh, a set that I did back in two thousand nineteen at Inland. Um, mm.
0: I think I saw that. Oh ah, right, yeah. Um but I don't remember maybe it was a different one. Um did you have synth with that? No, one? I didn't. Yeah, I did see Oh right, it. Yeah. yeah.
1: It was um yeah, just solo drum kit. And that was the first time actually I'd ever performed um just on the drums right um solo on 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 the drum Mm. kit um and it was received quite well and so i was i was really happy with it and then i went on to record it in the same venue um in church of all nations and since Mm. then i've been playing um yeah different versions of of that same set but it's always had a um it's had a form but it's um it's always left room for improv- improvisation um mm. so it has morphed a lot since then um wi- which is great i think i think i deliberately made it that way so that it would be i could still engage with it as a performer Um mm. So, even though it still has that same form, uh, yeah, sections within it have definitely changed and become entirely different mm. th- moments. Um, but yeah, so, so for that set, um, I just wanted to keep it quite sparse. Um, but then I guess I, I also, wanted to think of a continuous melody throughout it um mm-hmm. but also have it um slowly develop and build and so there's a um sticking that I play it's w- a circular phrase around the kit that um shifts gradually um mm. and that that is one part of the piece that has always stayed the same actually so that that in a way has become right. what what opening the piece and the the set is
0: um, In, and is that is that the um, the probably the densest part of the piece that's about um, yeah I was just listening back to the recording and I think it's about uh, to me it felt kind of like the middle section yeah exactly of that particular performance yeah yeah and, and what you said about that sort of slow development certainly comes across as well as you know opens with this very sort of spacious sort of synth almost like a, a harmonic pad or something yeah um, y- which is which is kind of coloured with these gongs and stuff. Um, almost had a um, uh, almost like a gamelan sort of feel to it. Almost just the the way that those those gongs created these, you know, slightly um untuned harmonies against the the synth Yeah, the well, that's
1: rhythm. what I really love about, you know, music from traditional music from Southeast Asia like gamelan and um, mm. kulintang mm. music of the Philippines is that, it is so melodic despite it being played on percussive instruments and and again mm. it has that um that hypnotic kind of feel to it um so i uh, yeah in a way i i i think i uh, maybe even subconsciously was was influenced by that that kind of feel feeling um mm. and again it was it was a way to to ease into the set and also i guess because w- when it when it's solo drums it has you know it's such a i guess it's quite a distinct kind of sound and has this energy behind it and in a way mm. i guess my what i was trying to achieve was uh, I- making that more impactful when it comes in after that more you know spacious um hmm. yeah drones at the beginning
0: hmm. yeah
1: and The synth, I, I was wanting to, I guess, yeah, have, have other timbres within, within the set and create drones with the synth and then match it with the, with the bowed cymbals, um, Mm. and, and yeah, and the mallets on the, on the bowls and the, and the cymbals in that way.
0: Mm. Yeah, I think it, it came across really nicely and, um. Yeah, and I was um I was interested in that little kind of um, platform that that you've constructed. You know, yeah. Like, um, the way that that allowed you to access all of these different kind of little cymbals and gongs and stuff, you know, very fluently move between.
1: Yeah. Them. Well, because I love, I love playing um those small little gongs and um and smaller cymbals on a drum kit. Um, mm. but then I remember in lockdown being like, oh, it'd be so great if I could just. Play them and they'd you know then be set in their sp- in their place. So I could really mm. play with them freely and um,
0: yeah, yeah. Because I suppose if they're all individual, like you know, it's a hand that you have to have, you know. Holding exactly. Or yeah. So you get it. that c- yeah.
1: that clear sound um, when it's set in its place. Um, mm. Yeah. So I've been really enjoying using that that board. So so that I can really. Yeah yeah, make the most of playing all of those cymbals.
0: Yeah. yeah. And you sounded really um, comfortable, you know, with that setup, mm. I thought. You know, I think doing solo performances on any instrument is like um, one of the hardest and most exposing kind of performance formats. Definitely. And, um, um I know I've sometimes had solo sets where I deal with that by just like not preparing very much yeah. because I'm, you know, I think you can kind of... Um, uh, almost lock yourself into, um, you know, into into things and, and and shut down that openness. But you seem, you know, I think you, you were talking about that structure. I think, actually, um, it felt very um, intuitive and gradual, the way that it, it evolved and, and kind of very um, um, organic, I mm-hmm. think, you know. And I, I kind of remember thinking almost like, you know, you sort of moved from the, the synth and bow percussion into this more... Um, uh, active texture on those little gongs and then m- melding into the drums mm. and it felt yeah very very kind of um dovetailed in a way you know um there was never a sense of um uh, you know chopping and changing between those different sort of sound worlds
1: yeah yeah i wanted to i mean i wouldn't be against maybe even chopping and changing a bit a bit more in the future, mm. but but yeah, there is some things that I quite like about uh, gradually shifting between the different timbres. Mm.
0: Uh,
1: yeah, yeah. I don't know. I'm glad. Mm. I'm glad that it worked though. That's nice to hear. Yeah, it did mm. for sure.
0: Um, it was really interesting actually hearing your um, performance. The the you know only a couple of weeks after we presented James McLean doing his solo drums. Yeah. Because there's sort of Areas of overlap, um, you know, he's also worked a lot with those sort of cyclical sticking patterns and stuff like yeah. that. You know, um, but um, but from a form point of view, they couldn't have been more different, you know, because he was working with these sort of very, um, you know, very active, very dense mm. uh, kind of textures and, and demarcated with these really, almost like really strong um, rhythmic cadences. Mm. And um, yeah, so, you know, so interesting, like totally worlds apart um in terms of the type of energy yeah definitely
1: yeah that that's true Mm. i yeah i i'm so glad that i was able to see his set the fortnight before Mm. but yeah his was very um yeah energetic and uh, yeah and very Mm. dense and
0: yeah it's almost like all those ideas just compressed yeah (laughs) yeah um it was almost like a mixtape
1: or something it felt really short yeah. too. Well, but not in a bad way. I think I was just really in yeah, it. Yeah,
0: no, I th- I think well it, it probably was short comparatively like it might have been 20 minutes. I'm I'm not sure exactly how long it went for, but um I have a feeling it he intended it to go
1: longer. Yeah, um, I can definitely relate to that. I I have had Yeah. Be I think it is because of that thing when you're playing solo, you are so exposed and mm. I think I ha- really had to force myself to be more patient with with ideas and also trust that the audience mm. are hopefully being engaged you know that they're, they're mm. engaged with music and 'cause because it's so easy to to rush ideas and
0: for sure um,
1: yeah um
0: yeah, and also I think your time perception just kind of goes out the window playing solo. Definitely, especially
1: um, if you're treating it as, you know, a, a long form kind of thing where you don't have any yeah. any set marks to know. Yeah, yeah.
0: for sure. Yeah, uh, I think um, it would have been about mid- midway last year I did a solo piano set and I was just testing some ideas where I I'd made a bit of a tape track. Um, And I was playing it into a piano with little, kind of like little transducers, like little vibration speakers. Um, And uh, I was playing the tape track from my computer, um, but forgot to set it on Don't Go to Sleep. So, Uh... and and I didn't know the tape track very well at that stage. I just, I just composed it and it was very, it didn't have um clear form markers so i think my computer went to sleep within about five minutes and i was like i have no idea how long i have to do this for no (laughs) did it end up being Um, okay and it was only like 17 minutes but it felt so long you know and and i think it's because i was anxious about the passing of time yeah exactly the fact that i lost my you know my timekeeper made me think about it way more even though i couldn't control Mm. it did you rush it Um, like was that's a really good question. I haven't listened back. I don't think I have a recording of mm. it. So, you know, um you'll never know. <laughs> but um but I I think it I think it went okay, but I've I've had the opposite experience as well where um something has felt like it went quite quickly and it was and and it was actually like 50 minutes or something. Like yeah. That, you
1: know. Yeah, definitely. Um I'm not sure if I've ever had that if, I, if that's, that's ever happened solo, it's definitely happened when I've um when I've been improvising with other people. Actually, um, I had a, I prob- had a yeah, funny you're right, conversation. Probably more group. Yeah, I, I think it, it is harder yeah. to to lose that track of timing when you're playing solo. But mm. I remember once talking to a woman after after playing a set and I played for half an hour and she was telling her friends and uh, she was like, oh this drum is great. I saw her play last night and she played for two hours. And um, (laughs) I was like, Oh no, it was only half an hour, but yeah, I'm not sure if that's a good thing or a bad thing that she felt like it went for so long. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Yeah. I'm not sure either. (laughs) Um, I did want to actually just revisit something you, you mentioned just in passing before, but um, I was, I was listening to your recent release um, for Mm -hmm. Leolanda and Um, In your liner notes to that, you talk about this influence from Kulintang music from the Philippines. Um, I don't know very much about that music at all, so I'm really kind of curious to to hear a bit about it and what got you interested in it.
1: Yeah, I hadn't really heard much about it either before actively um, searching for it. Um, But for me, it was a way of... um, connecting with my mum's heritage and and um, embracing that a little more um I feel like it's something that I never really embraced growing up or you know I didn't Mm -hmm. learn the language or you know I I wasn't proud to to um to have that heritage which is you know it's something that I should be proud of and um mm. so i i thought that naturally learning more about the music would be a way of exploring more um and also i guess part of it was you know i, I feel like as artists um we're always trying to find our authentic sound and uh, so yeah. i i think it was more dis- discovering that and um i guess also going to to university and obviously had I had an amazing experience and I really feel like I um yeah developed um my skills on the on the drum on the drum kit. But playing you know, playing jazz music it um I think I have always felt maybe a bit disconnected from it and you hear these mm. um you know, you listen to these recordings or you see musicians live that are really connected with that, you know, the, the, the history mm. and the tradition of it. And yeah. And yeah. I, I, I know that a lot of um, musicians and, and jazz musicians in Australia would feel that, I think of, um, what are we connected to as, mm. as artists? Um, and there are some really incredible, Drummers in Australia that do branch out from that, um, those, uh, traditions, uh, in jazz and, you know, uh, might take more influence from countries that are closer to here, like, uh, Will Guthrie mm-hmm. with gamelan music from Indonesia around Saima Baka, um, with his South Korean, um, influence and uh, based on the time that he Mm. had there um so i I thought that would be a a nice way to yeah take some draw some inspiration from from the music from that part of the world and yeah as i was saying before i really am drawn to that music that can be quite hypnotic and i guess it's um ritual ritualistic music so um hmm,
0: there's a, a um a dance element to that music as well yeah isn't there
1: yeah there is and uh, yeah it, it's mostly percussion and vocals as well hmm. but yeah so it's used a lot it, you know for weddings and funerals and yeah um fiestas and that kind of thing and so there there is that dance hmm. element to it so it can it does have this really um amazing energy to it um so i yeah I wanted to read more about the compositions and um it is very similar to gamelan um the the cooling tang is an instrument, but it's yeah it's so it's the name of the um the music but also it's a an instrument. That's very similar to the gamelan instrument. I think it's 12 gongs, maybe. Um, nipple right. gongs that are that you play, um, with mallets sitting on the floor. Um, mm. and the notation is just, um, numbers rather than it being fully notated. Right. So, yeah, there was one album that I really liked called Philippine Gong Music. Um, and I would listen to the rhythms and see if I could adapt it to the drum kit um mm-hmm. but yeah for that for that album it yeah again felt very intuitive, so i'd you know I'd take something that I would really um connect with in the music and maybe you know record it, but then it might a lot of the time it would change and become something entirely different but without that initial idea it wouldn't be what mm-hmm. it what it became so
0: yeah yeah oh very mm. cool you know I, th- I think it does come across though you know both in the timbers and um you know and some of those cyclical things that you mentioned earlier as well that you know they they do have this really sort of dynamic kind of movement to them which um yeah i i did um uh, a, a very quick google of some cool and oh, yeah. <laughs> before this because it i was like what <laughs> yeah. is that and um yeah and it does have that similar sort of you know i think you mentioned hypnotic but it's it's very sort of it sounds to me anyway on, on only a brief listen of being quite cyclical yeah. and and you know very embodied kind of rhythmically um, as well um, the other thing I wanted to ask about um, that you mentioned in those, those liner notes was, um, you know, the, the title of that album for Leolanda is a, it's a tribute to your mum, mm. right? Um, and, um, and I wondered if you'd like to share any thoughts about, um, you know, what you do expressively with your music and if there, there is um, like a direct link with some sort of, um, you know, personal sentiment um, I I think with my music I think of it being more uh, expressive in a kind of abstract way, yeah. you know, without really connecting to um, to uh, kind of concrete things or particular relationships. Definitely. And yeah, but I but that's something that that differs so much between different musicians.
1: No, I think I usually work that way as well. Um, I guess for for this album um, with it being uh, inspired by by music from where my mum was born um, it just turned out that I would be I guess thinking about her in the process mm. of of listening to the music and and composing the music um, and she you know without getting too sentimental like she's she's been very supportive of, of my music and um i think it's nice to celebrate motherhood <laughs> you know um
0: yeah I, I don't i don't say thanks to my mom yeah mum yeah <laughs> enough, exactly i really know.
1: don't uh, um yeah and i feel like maybe that's the case for a lot of people mm. um but but that was the main reasoning was that you know, yeah, I'm exploring music f- that's from the country that she was, was born in. And, um, yeah, there was – I think I did include it in the footnotes as well. But um, just coincidentally, when I was in the process of recording the album, we were speaking on the phone and she was um, asking if I would – um scatter her scatter her ashes um, on the farm that she w- I guess grew up at so her it was her dad's farm um, mm. and it just made me think of uh, what that that moment and what it would feel like and um, how everyone experiences you know the loss of their parents in in various ways and um Mm. how how i would make that a ritual um in an appropriate way you know how how i would celebrate her life um and so that that's what that piece on the album for liolanda is um Mm. is dedicated to to that Mm.
0: thanks for sharing that you know obviously um you know, personal stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, in addition to your solo work, you know, I think we've, we we talked mainly about the solo stuff you're doing, but um, you're also always super active, um, playing in bands and doing collaborative work. Um, is there uh, anything in particular at the moment that you're, you know, you've got in the pipeline or that that you're really excited about?
1: yeah um uh, no no, nothing (laughs) you know um what have i got up so at the moment um the tour has already started but um i've played a few shows with a singer named ajak kwai um who has just released an album uh that i played on actually um i think we recorded it last year but it was just um released a few months ago so we Mm -hmm.
0: have a Uh, what's what's that album title just in case anyone wants to go and find um, it
1: uh red sands cool um but yeah that's been really fun playing her music um so it's a mix of uh traditional sudanese music but then mixed with uh more contemporary blues um and afrobeat so that that's been really fun listening to her stories and um accompanying those artists because I feel like when you work with these singer songwriters it's it's just a a process that I I I could never come up with the music that they come up with so to be able to support them is is really fun and I guess at the end of the day a big reason why I got into drums in the first place is because of groove and and rhythm and so hmm. um even though a lot of my solo works the time can be quite free and I and I really love that playing in that way as well where the time can be warped or um yeah there's more of a free pulse um I still really love being the backbone to a band and just yeah playing playing grooves in in that way yeah.
0: Awesome. Um, so, and do you have any um any particular gigs coming up that you want to um, tell people about?
1: Yeah, I'm doing one. I'm doing one in Brisbane, actually. Um, oh, awesome. Um, with Lucas Abella at um, the Modern Museum of Art. Museum of... Oh, Modern. yeah. Uh, Go- yeah. GOMA,
0: probably. Yeah, yeah. And um, what date's that? I'm about to head to Brisbane. Oh, right. Okay, That'll
1: be uh, next week on the 14th of April.
0: Amazing. I'll actually oh, be Oh, great. There. <laughs> I, should, I should go. It's um, with Lucas Abella. You know. It's a Thursday, Thursday night, yeah. right? Next Thursday. Yep. Awesome. Well, I'll have to make sure the podcast out with plenty of that uh, yeah. before then so that um, so that anyone listening in Brisbane can can make their way to GOMA. Um and there's um, another It's an amazing space if you haven't been. Oh, I haven't. Before, by the way.
1: Oh, I'm looking forward to.
0: Yeah, it, it's it's yeah, I'm not sure where where the stage will be, but um, yeah, it's kind of like this cavernous, you know, three, th- kind of like three storeys sort of oh, wow. building with, it's very, you know, architecturally it's quite amazing and right um, next to the river as well. Beautiful. Yeah, it's beautiful. That's very exciting. Yeah, I'm looking
1: forward to that. Um, And then a couple of weeks after that, I'm playing at Make It Up Club with um, Aviva and Dean and Casey Lewis, a, a singer who, um, has been living in Europe um for a while now, but um she's going to be back mm. in town so that should be really fun. Um and that's on the 26th and then the night after actually on the 27th I'm playing solo at the recital centre supporting Jack Ladder. Another Melbourne band. Awesome. Yeah.
0: A few, a few things going mm. on then. Uh, so I suppose there's there's just one more question, we might finish with this one um, today, and that is, um, so I think with so much of um, the music we present, which is um, generally more exploratory or experimental, um, as an artist, you know, you can get very kind of um, close to the material, and I sometimes wonder what it would be like seeing my own work. Um, from an audience perspective. Um, And of course we can't really do Mm. that, but I would like you to imagine for a moment that you are sitting in the audience, listening to your own set. What type of experience do you think you might have? Mm,
1: That is a, that's a good question because I do, I do try and question when I'm playing um or you know if i'm improvising or yeah coming up with an idea for a set i do try and question it you know if if i were in the audience would i (laughs) would i be enjoying this um (laughs) but then you don't you want to strike that balance between well you know i guess not not trying to care too much about how the audience might receive it and just trust it's like well i'm enjoying it now so hopefully mm. there's one person that might be enjoying it as <laughs> well. But yeah. Yeah, I I feel like um I think that I would hopefully I- it's hard to imagine because I'd like to think that I would just sort of um absorb it and um not mm. analyze it too much and really you know be immersed in the music but it's hard it's hard to say um mm. yeah yeah i do know that when i first come up with ideas i uh, i try to just go with what i d- i like the sound of
0: yeah well that's probably quite a reliable <laughs> yeah, approach yeah, true. i say um yeah, I know what you mean though. And and sometimes I think switching off the analytical brain is actually hard. Yeah, you know? definitely. Um uh, but I certainly find that um when I really have a flow going, that's when I'm not trying to be clever or something. Exactly. Like that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I mean c- certainly as someone who was sitting in the audience, I think you know, it did come across in that way, very immersive and and actually quite calming. Okay, that's yeah
1: that's good nice nice mm-hmm. to hear
0: well uh, thanks for talking it's been lovely to you know learn a bit more about your music and you know where your head's at with all of this stuff yeah thanks so
1: much for um, having a chat
0: oh, my pleasure and I'm, i look forward to seeing you set in brisbane
1: yeah that's exciting <laughs> i'll see
0: good. you later thanks joe i hope you enjoyed my chat with maria um, just the day after we talked, I realised that um, I'd actually slightly led Maria astray when we were talking about her upcoming performance in Brisbane. Um, I'd suggested it might be at Goma, um, however it's actually a, at a, uh, another gallery space in Brisbane called the Institute of Modern Art. Um, so if you happen to be listening in Brisbane and are hoping to go to Maria's gig, just make sure you check that venue. And while you're on the internet, you can also Um, Find New North on Facebook or follow new underscore north underscore music on Instagram to keep up to date with our upcoming events. Thanks for listening and I'll catch you next time on the New North podcast.